Hello everyone and welcome back to Endopod. We're very glad to be back after our break. If you're new here, hi, my name is Hepsi Xavier and I'm a third year medical student. Endopod is a platform where we talk about interesting topics and even debates in the world of endocrinology while also covering some revision material. This week we will be looking at an important aspect of diabetes. It is a known finding that those with diabetes are at an increased risk of cognitive dysfunction and are prone to developing dementia, Alzheimer's and other conditions. We'll cover a little bit about what diabetes is and how it can affect our brains leading to such conditions. I will cover several factors that are affected by diabetes and how this can lead to cognitive dysfunction. More importantly, is there scope for advancements and treatments for these conditions using this knowledge? Let's find out! What is diabetes? I'm sure many people are aware of what it is, as it is such a prevalent condition that affects around 460 million adults worldwide. Essentially, diabetes comes about due to the body's inability to control its blood glucose levels, and ultimately, this is due to a disruption of the hormones which are responsible for doing so. There are two main types of diabetes, type 1 and type 2. In type 1 diabetes, your body starts attacking its own pancreas. This is called autoimmunity, when the body fails to recognise itself and thinks that its own cells are foreign, just like the way viruses and bacteria are. There are a lot of complex underlying processes behind this, but genes are thought to be important. It is thought that some individuals have a mutated or damaged gene which is normally responsible for recognising the body's own cells, and this causes the body to attack its own pancreas. A damaged pancreas fails to produce enough insulin, which is the main hormone that lowers blood sugar levels when they're too high. In type 2 diabetes, the main issue is that insulin basically becomes ineffective. Your pancreas does produce it to some extent, but because of factors such as obesity, there is insulin resistance. Excess body fat decreases insulin sensitivity on muscle and fat tissues, which take up glucose under normal circumstances. So the pancreas thinks, hey, there's still too much glucose in the blood and starts churning out even more insulin. And the body does adapt and survive this way for a while by producing a lot of insulin to compensate for this insulin resistance. However, this is where genetics come in. There are several genes that control whether an individual can produce lots of insulin or not. If these genes are abnormal and an individual has many copies of these abnormal genes, they simply cannot produce lots of insulin to try and compensate for the high sugar levels. So to summarise, because of extra body fat, these individuals have insulin resistance and on top of that they have some abnormal genes which don't allow them to make enough insulin and therefore they cannot control their blood sugar levels. So now that we have covered what diabetes is, what is the link between diabetes and cognitive impairment? Cognitive impairment or dysfunction covers a broad variety of conditions that affect memory, learning attention, mental adaptation and higher order thinking. There is a spectrum of such conditions ranging from mild impairment to severe dysfunction which includes dementia. Diabetes is a risk factor for the development of dementia and it is mainly type 2 diabetes which is associated with a 1.5 to 2.5 fold increase in the risk. There is also a link between type 1 diabetes and cognitive dysfunction but it is less clear.
Patients with type 1 are more likely to experience a reduced ability to switch between thinking about multiple things, also known as mental flexibility, and their mental speed also tends to slow down. Those with type 2 show decreased higher order thinking, which is what makes us who we are, and they also experience a decline in memory, learning, attention, and the link between their brain and movement. So why exactly does diabetes have this effect on the brain and the way we think? If we look at type 2 diabetes in detail, uncontrolled high sugar levels in the blood can start to damage blood vessels, leading to disrupted blood flow to areas of the body such as the brain. This can lead to conditions such as vascular dementia, with vascular meaning a blood vessel problem. Recent studies have also established that type 2 diabetes is linked to Alzheimer's disease type dementia, also known as AD type dementia. Of course, a lot of people with type 2 diabetes are also older and age in itself is a risk factor for cognitive dysfunction. In line with this, there has also been an increase in the number of elderly people with type 2 diabetes and therefore an increase in Alzheimer's disease. The exact mechanism of how type 2 diabetes can lead to the development of dementia and AD type dementia is still fairly unknown and requires more research. However, a few theories have been made as to how this can occur. Normally in the hippocampus, which is the main memory area of the brain, new brain cells are made, which is key in helping us form new memories. It is thought that with high blood sugar levels, there is damage to these new brain cells and can lead to cognitive impairment and even shrinking of the brain. Normally the brain has a blood-brain barrier which keeps harmful chemicals out as it requires a strictly controlled environment. Diabetes is thought to be associated with changes and damages to this barrier and the small blood vessels within the brain, which can lead to cognitive dysfunction and increase in the incidence of dementia. High blood sugars can also have a toxic effect on brain cells. They eventually lead to oxidative damage on the brain. This can damage the cells that already exist in the brain and this process has been found to drive the progression of cognitive conditions such as Alzheimer's. In addition to this, long-term inflammation is associated with both diabetes and Alzheimer's. Inflammation refers to the body fighting off things that harm it and it includes the action of many types of white blood cells and chemicals called cytokines which are messenger molecules that cells use to communicate with each other. Pro-inflammatory cytokines, which lead to excess inflammation in this situation, are underlying to type 2 diabetes and Alzheimer's. And they activate supportive brain cells which go on to damage the neurons within the brain. So inflammation is another area that links type 2 diabetes and dementia, especially AD type dementia. Cognitive dysfunction associated with type 2 diabetes is all generally long-term complications of uncontrolled high blood sugar levels. If we look at type 1 diabetes in detail, the impact of cognitive dysfunction on hypoglycemia or low blood sugars is most cutting due to its poor outcomes in the older population. A hypoglycemic episode occurs when those with type 1 diabetes take too much insulin, take their insulin at the wrong times, or miscalculate how much insulin they need for strenuous activities such as exercise. It can be very dangerous if not identified and treated quickly. It can also occur in type 2 diabetes, but it is more common in type 1. During these episodes, diabetics can become disorientated and confused. They can feel shaky, nervous, and might get chills. 
A population-based study in the US found that patients who experienced any hypoglycemic attack were two times more likely to develop dementia. And likewise, patients with dementia were three times more likely to have a hypoglycemic episode. This makes sense because people with dementia or AD-type dementia are likely to forget their medications and insulin injections. If we look at the long-term outcomes for type 1 diabetics in terms of cognitive dysfunction, if they have a long history of poor diabetic control, they tend to show decline in their movement speed and the connections between their brain and making movements. Type 1 diabetes is common in children and interestingly, it seems that children diagnosed under the age of 7 had more cognitive impairments than those who were diagnosed at a later stage. So far we have covered why those with diabetes are prone to developing dementia and AD type dementia. Remember there are many more factors to this finding, but for the purposes of this podcast I've narrowed it down to a few key factors. What can we do with this information though? Can we reduce the likelihood of diabetics developing dementia or is there any scope for new treatments here? While we know that cognitive dysfunction is heavily associated with poor diabetic control, not taking medications appropriately and not monitoring and planning your daily activities. So already this can be reduced if those with diabetes control their blood sugar levels appropriately. At the moment, we don't have enough research to advise on how diabetics can fully optimise their blood glucose levels to preserve their cognitive function. But by sticking to the medical advice they've been given, they can reduce their chances of getting dementia. Another method we can prevent fluctuations in blood glucose levels is by using medications with a low risk of hypoglycemia and type 2 diabetes. Recent studies, such as a study of mental and resistance training, showed that regular exercise was effective in reducing mild cognitive impairment. However, a meta-analysis of previous studies showed that there was no significant improvement with exercise in older adults with mild cognitive impairment. Having said this, exercise is still fantastic for managing diabetes and getting blood sugar levels in control, as well as helping with weight loss, which is a major factor contributing to diabetes. So regular, well-planned exercise is still recommended for those with diabetes. There is not enough evidence to show that lifestyle intervention itself is enough for improving cognition, but it is still recommended for all other aspects of diabetes. look like with this knowledge. It has been found that administering insulin through the nose might improve cognition in those with type 1 diabetes. This is because insulin can bypass the blood-brain barrier via this route and is directly delivered to the brain. It reduces amyloid plaques and neurofibrillary triangles in the brain, both of which are hallmarks of Alzheimer's disease. Other anti-diabetic drugs have also been thought to treat cognitive impairment. For example, glucagon-like peptide 1 analogues, or GLP-1 analogues, have been shown to reduce memory impairment in animal models with diabetes. GLP-1 analogues are a group of drugs used in the treatment of type 2 diabetes. Trials have been and are being carried out to see if GLP-1 analogues can be used as treatment for Alzheimer's disease itself. Furthermore, 
with advancements in imaging, we can potentially keep track and screen individuals with diabetes for Alzheimer's-related changes. This includes whole body imaging such as PET scans and MRI scans to look for amyloid plaques associated with the condition, as well as looking for markers of the disease in cerebrospinal fluid samples, which are obtained from lumbar punctures. Lumbar punctures are performed by sticking a needle into the lower spine and drawing the cerebrospinal fluid surrounding the spinal cord. Markers include total tau protein, amyloid beta proteins and more. By identifying these early, it is possible to monitor patients and compare how the disease progresses before and after the onset of AD-type dementia. This is very important in considering the future therapies for Alzheimer's disease, such as amyloid beta vaccinations or amyloid beta inhibitors. So, there is a lot of potential on both the diabetes and dementia front at the moment. Further research needs to be done to fully understand the link between cognitive dysfunction and diabetes, and using this knowledge, maybe one day we could find the cure for Alzheimer's or even diabetes. This is why this topic is so important, as both these conditions really impact on quality of life in all age groups, especially cognitive dysfunction can significantly affect the quality of life in someone with diabetes. Diabetes has become a self-care condition today with most patients self-managing their condition. Therefore, you can see why cognitive impairment causes a lot of difficulty with this independent self-care aspect. And for those with diabetes and cognitive dysfunction, management plans can be overwhelming for them, so it's imperative that they have extra support in place to help them manage their conditions such as family or caregivers. Treatment regimens should always be adapted to the patient's lifestyle, not the other way around. I hope you have enjoyed this week's episode. As a quick summary, there seems to be a link between diabetes and cognitive dysfunction. This link isn't fully understood, but uncontrolled blood sugar levels seem to be a major factor in disrupting the brain and blood vessels supplying the brain. This is a potential reason for the link. With further research, people with diabetes can have a better quality life and reduce chances of developing dementia and Alzheimer's disease. At the end of the day, the aim is to give people the best quality of life as we possibly can regardless of their condition. Thank you for listening this week and stay tuned next week for another episode. Please follow us on our Aberdeen University Endocrinology Society Facebook, Twitter and Instagram pages. Please like and share this podcast with all your friends and colleagues and of course I always welcome any feedback. If you have any requests then absolutely let us know. As always we're very grateful for the support we are receiving. Stay safe and happy. This is Hepsi Xavier, signing off.